welcome our brother um, Jim Lishana to share the word of God with us this morning. Well, it's wonderful to be here with you today. I know a few of you, uh, some of you I've met previously, if many of you I have not met previously, um, but I have known of you for many, many years. In fact, been very thankful for you and the ministry of this place. Uh, I only lived in Placentia for about 30 years <laughs> in, of my life. Uh, which is, you know, just a little fraction of my life. And I have to apologize right off the bat. Chances are, I mean, I realize where I'm standing. This is the Valencia side of Placentia. <laughs> I, I uh, was actively a part of at least seven years of varsity El Dorado basketball. And so... <laughs> apologize to some of you, others of you. I know I just became your best friend. So... Anyway, uh, and, and a part of those years, some of you know of the ministry of Rose Drive Friends Church, was a privilege to be a part of that team for uh, all of those years, and uh, just thankful, so thankful for all of the churches who are Christ-centered, Bible-believing churches in this part of North Orange County, including this place. And so I can say to you that you have had a reputation of being one of those places that is living for Jesus in this community. One of the things I hope to do is to encourage you to do that even more and more here today. Um, in recent years, uh, I have not been living here in Placentia. The last five years or so, I've lived in a place, uh, if you were to take a map of the United States, put your finger over the middle, chances are you're over my house. We live in Kansas, and I am the vice president of academics of a Bible college. It's called Barclay College, and if you want to find out more about it, it at one of the tables in the back, I have a little display, some information there, but um, this is a Bible college. We have 40 denominations that are represented there, including Presbyterians, and uh, so uh, some folks here would probably feel at home there as well. Uh, we have some unique things. Uh, the, we have a variety of programs business, psychology, sports recreation ministry, some of those kinds of things. But the center of the bullseye for Barclay College is training pastors and missionaries and church planters and church leaders. That's kind of the center of the bullseye for that, that place. And we have master's programs. That's part of why I moved there was to help launch our master's programs. We have seven concentration now. Uh, including transformational leadership and spiritual formation, family ministries, but especially one that I want to highlight today in missional multiplication. Because that's very close to the heart of the, some of the kinds of things that I'm going to be sharing with you here today. Because you see, a place like Barclay College, a Bible college, it doesn't exist just for itself. It exists as an arm of the church, to come alongside and support the local church. But not only that, you understand this, you've heard Tobin share it several times here already today, a local church doesn't exist for itself. In fact, have you thought about this? The local church is one of the few institution, institutions in the world that's primarily for people who aren't a part of it yet. Let me say that again. A local church is one of those few institutions in the world that exists primarily 
for people who aren't a part of it yet. I mean, think about it this way. God can do things any way that he wants, right? When you became a follower of Christ, when you became a Christian, think of the benefits if he would have just, boom, taken you to heaven right then. Right? We don't need to have uh, prayers for forgiveness and those kind of things. Why? Because you're immediately in heaven when you became a Christian. Why didn't God do it that way? Well, I'm going to suggest to you at least one of the reasons is because he knew that there were other people he wanted to get in on this really good deal besides you. We exist for people who aren't a part of us yet. Yet. The series on getting in the flow, the six great ends, uh, what a great series here for this summer to be reminded of some of those basics, some of those pillars of why is it Why does PPC exist? Why are you here? And one of those reasons to proclaim the gospel for the salvation of humankind, I mean, those those are pretty uh, strong, maybe even flowery words. We hear those kind of things. You've been in church very long. Sometimes those things can sort of hit us like rain, you know, on the back of a duck. It just kind of goes off of us. I want to invite you to have some fresh missional eyes today. I want to encourage you and challenge you to think about a new kind of image for Placentia Presbyterian Church and for you. It's both for this church and for you personally. It's, it's the image, the view of a bridge. So I want to talk about building bridges to change the world, to change your world and the world because as you change one life, as you change your world, it impacts the world around us. Bridges. I've done a lot of thinking about bridges over these last few years. You know, the bridges are some of the most common and yet fascinating structures that exist. They are literally all over the world. They aid us in our commerce, in our landscape, they impact our lives, they impact our culture. They've influenced our history. They will influence our future. I mean, think about it. Battles have been fought, treaties have been signed, and life and death decisions are made literally every day while someone is standing on the edge of a bridge. It's true. Bridges. So think back with me. How many of you can remember when you were a kid ever making a bridge out of, oh, I don't know, you know, popsicle sticks, Lincoln Logs? I don't even know. You know, do you ever, any of you ever remember ever making a bridge out of anything? You know, a few of you, okay. Some of you are thinking, ah, I can't remember that back that far. I, I used to love making bridges as a kid. And in fact, uh, one of those places that I love to go is Hess Creek. Uh, this is up in Oregon. My family and I, we lived up there for 15 years in a little town called Newburgh, Oregon. And my friends and I, we would ride our bikes and we'd go down to this place, Hess Creek. And, and we would find, you know, branches, stick, uh, rocks, whatever. To, and, and we would build that on the, on the weekend. Sometime during the week, somebody would mess it up. And so the next week, we'd go back and rebuild it. We had a lot of fun doing that. Well, when I got to be in high school, somebody built a bridge right over this place where we used to play. It's this, this next picture here. It doesn't look like much. But uh, it really serves an important function. You see those stairs at the far end of it? That is a parking lot, and if, from the perspective of the 
where the picture is being taken, right behind you is a large, beautiful gymnasium. Lot for that gymnasium for George Fox University is across that bridge. Now, I am just sure that every day there are college students walking back and forth over that bridge. They are busy. They're thinking about the class. They're thinking about maybe the big game. They're, they're busy thinking about other things. They are not even aware by now that they're walking over a bridge. Right? You know what I mean? We take those kind of things for granted. But if they would slow down and get down into the gap, they would see something else. It's a beautiful bridge. It's simple yet magnificent. It serves an important function, small yet mighty. Do you realize that the ultimate purpose of every bridge, whether it's massive like the Golden Gate Bridge or small, like this little Hess Creek Bridge, the ultimate purpose of every bridge is exactly the same, right? It's to connect two sides. It's to bring two sides together. It's to connect people. I believe that is a part of the vision for Placentia Presbyterian Church. And so I want to invite you today, just over these next few minutes, to kind of get down into the gap with me. I want to invite you to have some fresh eyes to think about some things, probably that you already know, but maybe to think about them in some some new kinds of ways that might fit you and that might fit this very place. In fact, would you pray with me just once again very briefly before I continue? Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for uh, the worship, the times of, of coming before you. Lord, thank you for these wonderful wonderful habits of coming into your presence. But Lord, I pray that during these next few moments, you would help us to have some new eyes, that you would help us to see this community, this world, this church, and ourselves in the way that you see. And uh, Lord, I pray for your blessing, that you would help us to respond in faith and obedience to you today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, What does it mean to build bridges? Well, there are a few things I want to suggest to you here today. One is what we've just said, is that it it is connecting two sides. But two sides, it's connecting people, absolutely. No bridge exists just to look at. I don't know, I guess we'd call that art. Uh, A bridge is to connect people. We can also say spiritually that a bridge is to connect people and God. It's connecting relationships. It's people. But secondly, when we talk about building bridges here today, it's something that really is rooted biblically. It's rooted biblically. Uh, A theme passage here for today and that I want to suggest to you is a great passage to think about what is ministry all about. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 16 to 20. So let's look at this together. It says, So from now on we regard no one from a world Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. So some fresh eyes. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. 
All this is from God. Now notice the number of times, you can't hardly miss it, that I've highlighted the word reconcile, reconciliation, reconciling, okay? All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Five times in this brief passage, we see that word reconcile or reconciliation. I want to suggest to you this is the ultimate biblical bridge-building term. I mean, think about it. When you're whose marriage or they've separated, what are you praying for? Reconciliation. It's for the two sides that have been separated to come together. So, too, in our relationship with God, what we're doing is we have been given this trust, this ministry, to help people come back into a right relationship with God. It's bridge building. In fact, there's a paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 5 that says this, that God built a bridge to us through Christ, and he gave us the ministry, yeah, bridge building. This is a rooted biblical kind of a concept. Well, it's not only bringing two sides together rooted biblically, it's also something that's demonstrated currently. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, have you been to, you know, an Angels game recently? And uh, maybe, you know, your favorite player last week hit a home run. Who cares, right? You want to know, are they hitting a home run today? When they're up to the plate right now in the ninth inning? It's something that's demonstrated currently. My wife and I, we've been married for 35 years, which for some of you, you know, is to drop in the bucket. For others of you, that feels like a long time. For me, I can tell you, it's gone like that. But 35 years, could you imagine if I stopped telling my wife that I loved her? It's like, well, uh, we would need to do some reconciliation ministries if I had not been uh, telling her that, that I loved her. It, it, it actually, it kind of reminds me of the joke. Do you remember this one where uh, there's a guy, um, kind of a crusty old guy, and his wife complained, said, Honey, you never tell me that you love me. And he said, I told you I loved you when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, right? I mean, it's stuff... Guys, remember to tell your wife you love her. Uh, you know, flowers work. Uh, all of those kinds of things are good, and vice versa, women. We need, to, we need to be on our game. The fact that Placentia Presbyterian Church is well known in this community for starting his house, that is a wonderful reputation that you have. You know that, right? I hope you do. You don't even need to nod your heads. I'm just telling you. But, Mike, thanks for sharing some new stuff today that you guys have been doing over these last few years because bridge building is something that it needs to be fresh. It's how you're doing today. It's also relationship-oriented. It's not about the thing. I mean, programs are great. I was a pastor for 30 years. I understand about starting new programs, and, and those are ways to help us to be in the position to have good relationships, 
to demonstrate the kinds of things that we're talking about, kind of introducing here today. The Apostle Paul was great at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it's one of the places where he described how he did this. He said, though I am free and belong to no one, I've made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. And then get this. He says, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. What was his motivation? It's relational. He would look at the person and say, who, who are they? What are their interests? How can I connect with them? They have some troubles with this issue? Okay, I'm going to live my life in such a way that that is not a problem for them to hear that God loves them. It's a relationship oriented. Robert Lewis is a a guy that that wrote a book that I recommend to you highly. It's called The Church of Irresistible Influence. I think you can get it for, you know, 10 cents on Amazon.com. I don't know. But anyway, it's a wonderful book, Bridge Building Stories to Help Reach Your Community is the subtitle. He said, although diverse, the bridge's metaphor shares a common theme, human connection. And any bridge, either real or imagined, is useless unless one person moves toward another person. It's not the program, it's not the thing. Those are wonderful as they help us to make connections relationally with other people who don't know Christ yet. It's important. Look at what else he said. Today's church must once again become to every community a carefully crafted bridge if it expects to connect with real influence. Do you realize that there are some churches today? (laughs) You know this that aren't living as functioning bridges. Maybe beautiful architecture, maybe great programs, hmm, bridges, relationships. It keeps a church alive and relevant. Notice this that Robert Lewis said. He said, if the church functions with any other design than that of a bridge, it dooms itself. Wow, I mean, pretty harsh language. He says, without its own bridges to the world, church life in time fades into isolation, self-congratulation, and finally, irrelevance. I don't know any church that wants to be isolated. What does that mean, isolated, separate, on an island, all alone? What is self-congratulation? It's... Yeah, nice job. We're breaking our arm while we're patting ourselves on the back. It's where we remember the stuff that we used to do. You know, someone said that the sign of a great church is that its vision is greater than its memories. I have wonderful memories. I bet you have wonderful memories. So it's not like it discounts those. The question is where's our focus? Where do we live? Where are we headed? Those are the kinds of questions that are good to keep in mind. 
So, so what does all this mean, the isolation, self-congratulation, irrelevance? What does this mean in bridge terms? Well, um, some of you might remember on the news about four years ago, the, the Skagit River Bridge up in northern Washington, um, national news, terrible accident. Uh, what happened was that there was a large semi-truck that was going up I-5, uh, just north of Seattle, and um, a, a little part of it, just, just a little part, clipped one of these girders off on the right-hand side, and it clipped it and somehow struck That was it. And as that truck made it across, the bridge behind it collapsed, and the cars that were following that truck, boom, down into the river. This is 2013. Right after that, I, I watched the news live, and the governor, because national news, the governor of the state of, of Washington and a bunch of other dignitaries standing around this podium, all kinds of microphones up here, and he explained that no one was to blame for this terrible accident. What? I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I was literally shaking my head when he said no one was to blame. And then he explained it, was, it wasn't the... Designer, it wasn't the engineers, uh, it certainly was not the state of Washington that was responsible for this, and it wasn't even the truck driver who's responsible. I'm thinking, what, where's he going with this? Well, I knew he was trying to avoid a lawsuit, but where's he, where, <laughs> where's he going with this? What he said was the reason why no one was to blame it's because this bridge had been evaluated as functionally obsolete. Mm -hmm. That's the technical term. I've looked it up since then. You can look it up. You know, do your own Google search. Some of you are doing it right now. Um, functionally obsolete is a technical bridge evaluative term. And what it means is, essentially, if we were to build a bridge in that place today, we wouldn't do it that same way. Now, sometimes it's because, you know, there have been improvements in the way that build bridges are constructed. Sometimes it's because the use has changed. A whole lot more weight or cars or vehicles going across that bridge. Functionally obsolete doesn't mean if you walk across it, it's going to fall, fall apart. I mean, you don't know. But it means we wouldn't do it the same way if we were to build it that way today. Do you know that in the state of California, there are over 27,000 bridges that's the seventh most of any state in the United States, 7,000 bridges. Of those 27,000, according to 2015 data, so this is just a slightly out of date, but 2015, close enough, 17% of California's bridges are functionally obsolete. 17%, roughly 4,600 bridges. I did not take time to see which ones of those are surrounding your church. <laughs> I don't know that. But, how comfortable are we with that kind of knowledge? Here's my next question. How comfortable are we knowing that there are many churches that could be labeled the same way? If you want to be a bridge-building church, and I believe you do, I... I believe that this is a part of why um, all, I don't want to hyper-spiritualize this, but you know what? I actually do believe that God cares, and I believe that he exists, and I believe that there were some 
that opened an opportunity made for me to even be here with you today. I believe God wants you to be a bridge-building church. So what's the starting point in all of that? Well, it's God's bridge to us through Christ. God's bridge to us through Christ that we've been singing about today and talking about, the wonderful Easter songs that we've been, been hearing about today. It's God's bridge to us is the starting point. And why? I mean, you know this, right? Our sin created the gap. Let me just remind you of a couple of things that you know. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our sin created that gap. In Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. There is a spiritual separation that happens between us and God. But not only that, Jesus died to bridge the gap. That's why he came. God built a bridge through Christ, it says in 2 Corinthians 18. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to visit some missionaries and take a group of Barclay College students. In fact, we have a wonderful Juniors Global program that takes students all over the world. I, I was able to go with a group of students to Athens, Greece. And there in Athens, there are some missionaries that have a wonderful ministry helping Islamic refugees come from various countries in the Middle East through to the West. And Athens happens to be one of those doorway cities to get into Europe. And so many refugees coming there. Interestingly, you know, uh, they, they may have been middle class, even wealthy in their homelands. When they get to Athens, they've, they've lost it all or sold it all. They're penniless. They're on the streets. You know who's taking care of those Islamic refugees in Athens? The Christians. They're the ones. And we got to partner with some of these uh, ministries there. And um, in fact, I can tell you more about it another time if you want to ask. But um, on the back wall was this framed picture. And I, t- I took this with my, my cell phone or whatever, and I thought, wow, what a kind of a violent-looking <laughs> picture to have at the back of this thing for reaching Islamic refugees. And I mean hundreds and hundreds come through this place. And as I talked with the missionary there, and it's not like a huge prominent thing, it's just on the back of the wall, he said that it becomes a a graphic visual aid that that has actually been helpful to many of these refugees to conceptualize what it is, why it is that that ministry exists. Jesus is the cross. He died so that we can live, so that there is a way. Now, you can go any way you want, but there is a way that gets us to the other side. And it's through Christ. He's the bridge. So God's bridge to us through Christ is the starting point. Um, Most of us have heard of the Brooklyn Bridge. In fact, I'm going to bitch and say that all of us. How many of you have been to New York and seen the Brooklyn Bridge? A bunch of us have. Okay. Did you know that, at least they say, this is the most photographed bridge in the world? Built in 1883, it was considered the eighth wonder of the world when it was built. And if you think about it, when you're watching television or, you know, Netflix, whatever, chances are this shows up in the background of a whole lot of shows. Basically, anything that's filmed in New York somehow in the movie or show. What you may not know about this bridge is that it was built with a high, high cost. Its designer and chief engineer, Johann Roebling, He died 
due to injuries on the job site while building this bridge. But rather than set the project aside, Johann's son, Washington Roebling, sort of picked up the mantle and took over the project. And he later sustained some severe injuries that left him partially paralyzed and deaf. And those were just a couple of the really tragic accidents. Over 20 people died in the building of this bridge. But you know there's a difference between what those people did in the building of the Brooklyn Bridge and what Jesus did to build a bridge. You see, the Brooklyn Bridge, it was built in spite of the sacrifice. But the bridge between God and man, it was built because of the sacrifice. It wasn't an accident. It was not an unfortunate casualty. It was a conscious decision. It was evidence of God's love for you and me and for this world. Orange County for Placentia, for Valencia High School. This is part of God's plan. So, so what is our response to all of that bridge building that God did to us? Number one, it is to cross the bridge. You know, we can look at it all we want, we can admire it from a distance, we can say, wow, what a wonderful bridge. We can even sing praise songs about the wonderful bridge. We can come to church for 30 years and admire the bridge from a distance. The bridge is there for us to cross. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we're invited, implored actually, to be reconciled to God. Notice God doesn't force anybody to cross. It's not like, uh, you know, we have to go dragging and kicking. It's not that. Compelled by his love. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. You remember this passage? For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. It's not about you and me. It's about the bridge builder. He loves you. wants to have a relationship with you. Wow. That is the starting point. Let me just say it as plainly as I can. If you haven't crossed the bridge yet, you're missing out. Because the bridge was made for you. And in fact, if you want to make a difference in this world for Christ, it's not going to happen effectively until you personally have experienced Jesus. And you can today. Well, there's another kind of big response after we've crossed It is to build bridges to others. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. 2 Corinthians 5.18 again says, God built a bridge to us through Christ. And he gave to us the ministry of bridge building. This is one of the ways of thinking about what it is. It's a natural result. When you've, uh, you know, tasted this wonderful ice cream, you can't help but say to somebody that you care about, hey, have you tried that? That's what we're saying to others. Have you tried that yet? Um, Some of you know that... um, just a little bit north of us here, there's a little church that was started, uh, oh, about 10 years ago. Um, Puente de Gracia, Bridge of Grace. And uh, when we were over at Rose Drive, had the opportunity to be a part of the, the planting of that church. And so you just need to know, I, I know just a, 
enough Spanish to be dangerous. I don't know very much. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, thankful for, for being a part of that. And um, around that same time, 10 years or so ago, um, there was some stuff in the news about, you remember the Pope resigning? Remember all of that? And so there was stuff on the news a lot, and people were talking about the Pope on the radio. And, and I remember we had just started this church in Puente de Gracia, and I'm driving, and I'm hearing them talk about the Pope, and they use this term pontifex. And, and it got me thinking. You know, I know that, that Spanish is a romance language from Latin, puente, pont. I wondered. So I looked it up. Sure enough, you know what pontifex means? Pont, bridge, fex, from the Latin for build, Pontifex means bridge builder, literally. But it gets better than that. Because I, I did a little bit more research, and, and you know, uh, uh, one of the well earliest translation from Greek and Hebrew into another language was the Latin Vulgate, Jerome, uh, crafting that a number of years ago, like a long time ago. And every time that he translated the word priest, he uses the word Pontifex. It's not just some slang word for the Pope. It literally means priest. So every time in your Bible when you come across the word priest, pontifex. That's what it means. So here's a couple of examples in, in Exodus uh, 19. Oh, oh, I forgot. Sorry. That was, uh, you can go back to that. That was uh, the Pope's Twitter handle was at pontifex. I thought you'd like to see that. So let's go on to this next slide here. Uh, Exodus 19, you'll be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. It's pontifex. Also in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. See, here we are as a New Testament church. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. What does that mean? It's not just some guy in the Vatican it's every follower of Jesus Christ is a pontifex because we are part of the priesthood, the pontifex of all believers. That's you. That's me. It's kind of startling when you stop to think about it and incredibly wonderful. Hmm. So how can we do that? Oh, by the way, um, what if, let's take a look at this next slide here. You know, maybe in your pastor's class or something like that, you've got this line of every member of ministry, you've heard of that? What if we had this understanding of every believer was a bridge builder? What difference would that make for Placentia Presbyterian Church? What difference would that make for this community from North Orange County if every follower of Christ had this understanding? Yeah. So, Again, how can we do this? Um, how do we get into this? Just to look at our next slide here. A few things, very briefly. One is to see others from God's perspective. So again, looking at that passage in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. It's having a new set of of eyes. It's seeing people differently. Dwight Moody, years ago, uh, in the 
great evangelist. He was the Billy Graham of the late 19th century, and when he was traveling in London, somebody asked him, how are you so effective at evangelism? And he said, come over here. And he stood by in his his second-story hotel window, and he said, look out this window, what do you see? And the guy described, you know, carriages, people, street vendors. He said, "Uh, that's what I see, and he's thinking, this guy's kind of weird. And then Dwight Moody stood over the window, and with a tear starting to go down his cheek, he said, I see people who are lost and are going to hell unless they know Christ. See, the starting point of being an effective bridge builder, it starts with our eyes. What do you see? Who do you see? Who are the people around you? Could it be that God has placed you in those relationships exactly to see them? It's the neighbor down the street that you haven't introduced yourself to yet. It's the, it's the person you see every time you're, you're checking out at the grocery store. And, you know, take a look at their name. Maybe could it be that God has placed you there for just that relationship? It's spiritual eyes. Well, secondly, it's to show and tell. I mean, we know what that is, to show and tell in Jesus' name. Well, let's look here at this next slide, I think. Yeah. So... We, we got that with children's ministries, but how about with you and me? So again, in that same passage in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Notice, ministry, message, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He's committed to us the message of bridge building, the ministry of bridge building. The word ministry, the word message, the word message, logos, it's literally the word ministry. Um, it's, it's from the same root as, as the, we get the word deacon. It has to do with serving. It's literally showing and telling that God built a bridge to you, that God bridge, built a bridge to me. It's, how do we do that? Well, there's so many ways. In fact, we're going to talk about some practical examples of this later on in the workshop. So I'll give you more kinds of details later. But, but Robert Lewis, uh, he has this, this great kind of phrase. He says, a spiritual bridge always involves a physical reality. People need to see and hear to believe. And then just finally, it's representing Christ in all you do. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, Paul said. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, politics, you can't escape it in the news these days, but if Donald Trump had an ambassador, which he does, um, what is that ambassador supposed to do? Represents the United States of America, yes, but also represents the president. It's the ambassador is an important position But it's someone who, on purpose, is a liaison representing someone else. You are that for Christ. If you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I don't don't know where you get your paycheck. Um, Or, you know, what you would identify if you were to make a business card for yourself. I don't know what you'd put on it. What I can tell you, I can tell you your real job is this. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're a pontifex. Wouldn't that be cool to put on your business card? Everybody would ask you, what does that mean? I'm a bridge builder for Christ. Hmm. You know this church, it doesn't exist 
just for itself. PPC exists primarily for people who aren't a part of it yet. How do we get into that? How do we, how do we live that out? What do we do? Well, it really is understanding this verse. It's, it's, it's allowing it to become a part of us. That God built a bridge to us through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of bridge building. Wow. Well, as I mentioned, I'm going to share some more practical kinds of application things from this a little bit later uh, here today. But I want you to know that there are people, not just here in Placentia, praying for you, but there are even some people in Kansas that are praying for you, that the Lord will help you to follow his leading, to be willing to take holy risks, to be the kinds of people that God has called you to be here for the people who are here, for God's glory and for the good of others. What a wonderful, what a wonderful adventure to be a part of. May I pray for you. Lord, we thank you for your love and goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege of being able to to worship here together today, to to be reminded of your love for us. And Lord, I I would just pray right now, uh, very quickly, if if there's someone here who doesn't know you yet as Savior and Lord, they've been admiring the bridge, they've been singing about the bridge, admiring it from a distance for perhaps a long time, but they haven't ever yet crossed it. Lord, if that's true, I ask you to help them to pray with me right now in the quietness of their heart this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I need you in my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I now invite you to come into my life. Please take control of the throne of my life and help me to live for you. Thank you for helping me to cross this bridge today. Thank you for giving me a new purpose, new vision for life. And Lord, if someone has prayed this prayer with me, I ask you to encourage them to share that with Uh, Pastor Tobin or another Christian here that they know and respect so that we can pray for them and encourage them in their walk with you. And Lord, for all of us here today, I pray that you would help us to, to see this church and this community through fresh eyes, your eyes. Lord, may that be an encouraging thing to us as we step into your vision for the future. Lord, we thank you. May all the praise and glory be yours. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.